Hi, I'm Molly Moran, and this is the Table Wine Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my joyful co-host, Andy <laughs> hello, Strober. Hello, hello. <laughs> Sorry, so joyful, too excited. I'm Just Molly. had to say hi. Hi. Yes. Hi. It is winter. I'm loving the, like... Just grayness, the winter gray. Yeah. It's not too bright. It's You're loving of, it. I'm into it. I'm into it. <laughs> it's only December. <laughs> yeah, it's good in the beginning. It's nice. So far, so good. How is the end of your year looking? How are you feeling? Um, there are about like it, three weeks left in the year. I know. Yeah, it's so. It's been it's so fast. I'm excited because as a person in grad school, that means I get a little break, and so I have like two weeks between at the end of the year, really that. I actually am going to be off, and I'm so excited. Good. It's like it's, it's like that last like crawl to the finish line. It's been this, the past many months have been just like a slow breakdown to hands and knees. But the crawl, I think I'll get there. The crawl is a comfortable. You like have that arm finishing, like yes. reaching out to cross the finish line. Yes. Yeah. But how about you? There's lots going on. Lots going on. We just celebrated yesterday. We celebrated seven years in business, which yeah. feels super great. And I think because of the move, it doesn't like, you know, we just celebrated the move. So it doesn't quite mm. feel the same. It's not like looking around like, oh, remember where we came from? But that feels like quite an accomplishment. And yeah. Pippa is in uh, Christmas Carol at the Overture Center. So yeah. that is morning, noon, and night, kind of all the Moran family household talks about and does. And at this point, we're just like driving back and forth between our house and the Overture Center. Um, so <laughs> from now to the end of the year, I'm going to see Christmas Carol twice. I thought you were going to say like 12 times. No. <laughs> she has 11 shows. And she's like, are you coming to every one? I was like, um, sweetie. <laughs> Tickets are like, you know, not inexpensive. Like, no, I'm not going to spend more than $1,000 to go see you do the same show every night. No, thanks. Uh, yeah, I love good, you. Smart choice. You know, remember me when you win an Oscar, but um, yeah. no. Not yet. No. Yet. So um, that's kind of what's imagine. on our horizon, you know? That's great. See, I'm looking back to you yesterday as I, last time we talked, I talked about my love for stuffing. And yes. I was supposed to go to a Friendsgiving over the weekend, mm. a belated yeah. Friendsgiving. Work got in the way, but I had already started making the stuffing as then I tore apart a, bread. a loaf of bread. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to make stuffing this weekend. So yesterday I made stuffing, a lot of stuffing, just like buttered, the New York Times buttered leek stuffing Delicious. essentially. And yeah. then, but as I was finishing, I was listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour. Yeah. And the things that were making them happy, Bob Mandela was on and talked about shortbread that his mother made. And it's just three ingredients. It's just flour, butter, and sugar. And I was standing in the kitchen. I was like, well, let's make shortbread. So yesterday, all I really ate was stuffing and shortbread. and Flour and butter? <laughs> not been a great choice. Yeah. How are you feeling? feeling you feel, feel like so is, healthy and alive? What happens every time? I'm like, let me tell you about the unhealthy things <laughs> or bad eating choices I'm making <laughs> and my body not agreeing with them. <laughs> Yep. But that's, yep. I think that's, that's the theme happened. of this podcast now. <laughs> Andy's unhealthy eating. <laughs> I was all stoked about stuffing for the whole winter, but now I'm like, okay, maybe stuffing does only happen once a year for a reason. Take a break, Andy. Take a break. It's time now for the aperitif. A little bit of knowledge to wet your palate. Whether you call it glue wine or glow wine or glug, mulled wine is absolutely the perfect thing to be drinking this holiday season. It's common throughout many cultures in northern climates, and because of 
there being so many Scandinavian folks here in Wisconsin, it's pretty common that you'll go to a party and there'll be some sort of mulled wine. I'm really excited. This year we have mulling spices again from a fellow business in our neighborhood called The Deliciouser. And they have a pack of spices ideally made for red wine and then a new pack of spices this year that's ideally made for white wine. Both are also delicious in cider if you're looking for a fun non-alcoholic drink. It's actually what I started my Thanksgiving party with. Do you think that mulled wine just fills your house with the most delightful scent? And what I like about the deliciouser spices in particular is that they're not too sweet. There's a little bit of sugar added, but they're not overly sweet. I was dubious about the white wine mulled, but it's absolutely phenomenal. And it has some more tropical fruit flavors and some crystallized ginger in it that just makes it so good. So this is my encouragement to make sure that your holidays include mulled wine in some form or another. If you're so inclined to support us and support the Deliciouser, we're happy to point out wines that pair really nicely with these spices, or you can just kind of go on your own and go with a fruit forward wine of some sort, a little fuller bodied usually works out better for everybody. And, you know, your spices can include cinnamon, clove, orange peel, ginger, cardamom, star anise, kind of whatever is calling to you. There are lots of recipes out there and I encourage you to have a glass of glug or two. Yeah. Um, hey, you want to drink some wine? Yes, please. It's time now to pop the cork. Very nice. All right. So it's the holiday season. That can look like a lot of things for a lot of people, right? That can mean lots of gatherings. That can mean cozying up on your couch by yourself in a Hallmark movie, whatever, yeah. whatever's coming your way. We wanted to pick some interesting things to drink because, yes. you know, this is the time of year to like do, I don't know, have some fun. It's, yeah, unorthodox. There's, if you do a lot of holiday parties or there's like you bring a th- something to bring to a party and you don't know if you want to just everyone else brings a bottle of regular Pino. wine. <laughs> Pinot. Everybody, yes. everybody brings yes. a bottle of Pinot because that's what we tell them to bring. Yeah. This is the memorable thing that people will be like, oh, what did I drink? Who brought this? Right. So, yeah, Andy and I thought it would be fun to feature things that you might not pick up for yourselves. So we are starting with a white vermouth from Lustau, and they're in Jerez, Spain. They are primarily a sherry producer, and this is their white vermouth. So for people totally new to vermouth, let, yeah, you know, what square one. If we're listening to this podcast, know what wine is, focused on wine, new to vermouth. Yeah. Here's basic the... Basic info. Hmm, how short can I be? All right. Here's the deal. <laughs> Vermouth is part of the group of wines called fortified wines, like port and sherry. And so what that means is that they have some sort of neutral spirit added to them, hence the fortifying part of that. And that gives them a longer shelf life once they're open. Within fortified wines, there's a subcategory called aromatized wines. And that is where vermouth comes in because it has, not only does it have a little neutral spirit added to it, it also has herbs and botanicals added to it. So kind of the same way that gin is made, that's how vermouths are made. They can have sugar added to them. And in this case, this is quite sweet. So this is a white vermouth. This one is definitely on the sweeter side within that category. Beautiful. Now, you know, that was great. The base wine for vermouth can be all sorts of things. It can be like a just like a regular white wine or red wine or even rosé. 
In the case of this wine, the base wine is sherry. So it's Fino sherry and Moscatel sherry that then have botanicals added to them, which is super Uh, cool. Very unique. Yeah. Didn't know. I mean, so since you don't have a glass in your hand of this listeners, I'd say it looks like it could be a glass of Chardonnay or something like that. But if you just smell it, you would be like, oh, that is different than any wine I've smelled before. Those botanicals really come through. So you would know if you're drinking, before you even sip it, you would know from the smell that this isn't. Yeah. You'd be like, what the hell is that smell? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What is happening? (laughs) And then you'd be like, hmm, that smells like chamomile tea because that has chamomile in it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's wormwood, there's coriander, there's all sorts of yummy botanicals in here. It's so delicious. So lovely. That is great it's holiday so drinking. Right? Look at that spice. You know, you're looking for some spice in your drinking yeah. this season, and this has it. Well, right? Like, I can imagine this being so popular with so many people that don't know right? what it is. Yeah, and like you could drink this with, you know, just like an orange peel and just drink it. Like this. I mean, maybe on the rocks is how they drink it in Spain often. You could add Prosecco or like a sparkling wine to this to just kind Mm -hmm. of like make it into like a vermouth spritz. Or you can use this where you would use white vermouth. Like you could use this in a martini. I would probably say more a gin martini, I think, would Mm -hmm. probably be better. Or maybe it would just like overpower the vodka. I don't know. I'm not a martini person. But (laughs) you could definitely use this as you would white vermouth. But... I do think it's so fun to sip on its own. It is. And because that's what I remember. I've heard the stories of vermouthrias, right? Like all Mm -hmm. across Spain Mm -hmm. where people just drink vermouth, which is not something you hear about in the United States. And is the reason I want to go to Spain. And is it how, what parts of Europe or the world have (laughs) vermouthrias? Is it really just a Spanish thing? Well, that technical name would be Spain. But you can find vermouth. People drink quite a bit of vermouth in Italy as well. I did pour this in a private tasting over the weekend, and it was polarizing. I will say that there Mm. were some people who were like not kind of up for it, and that's totally okay. But I do think it could make a super cool gift. Like if you have somebody in your life who really likes Spanish stuff, you could get this and olives and some manchego and like give them a sweet little Spanish basket or just so you know like a cocktail person like giving them a bunch of different vermouths to kind of play around with at home you know that kind of like nerdy bartender (laughs) home bartender kind of person I think would really appreciate it right because if this ends up being your thing or you know you're into vermouths there is a wide world out there of like different spices in each one and you could really play around and explore figuring out what spice blends you're interested in based on what vermouths you find. Um, Yeah. But I feel like this almost tastes like a pomander, you know, the orange with the cloves stuck in it, you know, the... What? When people take an orange and they stick the whole cloves in it. I don't think I've had that before. You've never seen a pomander? Really? Like a holiday decoration with like an orange and... Okay, well, anyway... Now I feel like, okay. Sounds like 17th century Molly. It totally is. It's like totally Victorian England. It's like candles on your Christmas tree and pomanders around the house. So they just smell really good. Oh, that looks, that sounds great. Well, anyway, I feel like this vermouth reminds me of that. (laughs) Which I guess is a more obscure reference than I knew it was. (laughs) No, I thought people know that. I didn't know it, but I like that. I'm a man, because I just had entertained some guests that wanted sweet wine and that was the one thing I wasn't prepared Molly I did come to the mm-hmm. wine shop to look at them. Mm-hmm. and I'm thinking though something of vermouth that has some sweetness to it but to me this is 
I'm probably going to be more in the mood for this than a Moscato. Yeah. Um, most of the time. Yeah. And so this could split the difference between people who are like wanting something sweeter. But if you yourself aren't a big sweet person, like the spices here and just everything to it makes it a more palatable experience if yeah. you're not into Moscato and you know you people like Moscato. Yeah, because like wormwood is pretty bitter, you know, like mm-hmm. so there is like this like bitter edge to it. But I think in such a pleasing way, I think you're right. I think it would make... It could be polarizing. It could you don't, be. No, no. But, but like, I also <laughs> found like at the private tasting, it was very, it was like a, such a good conversation starter, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's something to be said for the cab that made everybody at the table happy. Like that's right. important too. But there wasn't like that much conversation about it because it was kind of like, mm-hmm, yes, we all like this. Right. And like everybody was happy and that's totally great. But then there's something to like be said for the people who are like, well, I like it be- because of this and I don't like it. Or like, here's how I want to drink it. And like, there was definitely more conversation. So yeah. I don't know. Pick up vermouth. No, yeah. Play around with it. I think fun. it's cool. All right. Yeah. Shall we move on? Yes. Ooh. Okay. I'm excited for this next thing. Okay. So the next wine, I just poured at our Drinksgiving tasting, which is our wine tasting leading up to Thanksgiving. And we sold out of it before the second wave of people had even come. <laughs> like, luckily, I had enough to pour to the people who had bought tickets, but I we were completely Ooh. out. Um but now it's back in stock, and so we will have it for the for the end of the year. So this wine is Lucchetti Vichola, and Vichola is the Italian name for sour cherries. So this is a dessert wine made from sour cherries. It is amazing, um, magical. <laughs> here's what I can say because I have I love this wine, love 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 this wine. And I watched as people came up to my tasting and I told them what, what it was going to be. Everyone's faces were like, what the hell are you pouring? Like Door County cherry wine? Is that really? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> this is the exact same Like thing that's all. Right? Everybody looked at me like, mm, okay. And I was like, no, 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 no. Sour cherries. They're sour cherries. And it's from Italy. And they have like a centuries old tradition of making this kind of wine in this region. So this is from La Marche where I visited a few oh, years so you ago. You have to yeah. mention that. Yeah. yeah. And I already loved Vichola before I went, but then, oh my God, when you see like the cherry trees and then you get to drink the wine from it. Mm. Oh my God. That's so good. That's so special. That like, it's what you, it it is sour cherry juice. It's Mm -hmm. exactly that. Yep. I don't, I don't even think I would know there was alcohol in this necessarily. Like it reminds, it just reminds you of well-made juice there's a little more viscosity to it i think that's like the only giveaway is that there is like it's not as totally light as juice you know there is a little bit more weight to it but i agree with you that it's like let me see it's only 12 percent alcohol so it's not like super boozy because you know some dessert wines this is not fortified just to be clear so this is not fortified so this is not as boozy as a port or something like that but yes there is a little more heft to it i like there there's like this cinnamony spice on the finish that i think I don't know. It just feels mm. like the, what is the freaking the holidays. It's, <laughs> and it smells just so gorgeous and enticing. Like I, I, There's a candy that it reminds me of, I think. I'm trying to replace it. Hmm. Or something. It has a very, I mean, the nose is just beautiful. Oh, this is like the first, I like wanted to just put a wick in this and burn it and see what happens. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Yeah. I want to just get to smell this all the time. But like. It's this is just great cherry, like if some 
this is if someone you know at a family or a holiday gathering requests cherry wine from Door County, <laughs> surprise them with this and see what they actually think. Right. Because it is just so delicious. You can't go wrong. No. Uh, and- no. And I know that I know that lots of people don't like sweet things. And I realized that I picked two sweet things. But I think that these are the kind of sweet wines that will, I don't know, show you that there's another side of sweetness, right? Like that this, yes. yes, this is sweet, but it's very interesting. There's a little spice to it. And it's just cherries. It's just cherries, (laughs) right? It's just like pure delicious cherries, right? And in terms of like what I was thinking when I picked it, again, you could totally take this to a party if you know your crowd. If you know that somebody either really likes sweet stuff or that like, oh, as the night goes on, somebody's going to, I don't know, start smoking cigars or some some, some (laughs) nonsense like that, you know, like, well, there's always that guy or whatever. But I also think that this would make such a good gift. Or a dinner party if you're having the holiday gathering. If you hosted and you wanted to, you know, have, I mean, honestly, something as simple as like a Christmas sugar cookie would be delicious with this, but you could also do like a full-on cheese plate would be great with this. Mm. A million different desserts would be super good. Anything chocolate would be good with this. Like This would be so good with cheesecake. I want a cheesecake. Yeah. Like I just could could imagine pouring this on top of Totally. Somebody told me they poured it on vanilla ice cream. There's a customer, I don't remember who it is now, that they just pour it on vanilla ice cream and love it. No shame. No, not at all. No, it's so Uh, good. (laughs) It really is a perfect, if you know someone wants wine or wine is a thing that they love, but especially if they're really specific about what wine they might love and you don't know what it is, having been the person that is working with customers looking for something to get that you want to make sure the gift works out, something like this is always a good choice because it is special. It is something wine connoisseurs and lovers should appreciate. And you're not, you know, you end up buying a nice bottle of Pinot and the people don't like Pinot, then it's a waste. But in this case, I don't think, I think it's really hard for someone to waste something like this. Yeah. um, Because it is so delicious and unique and, a just great thing to open if you ever have guests. It's an experience. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say it. I feel like you're a Grinch if you can't find the beauty in this wine. I agree. Like, like there's just something wrong in your heart. <laughs> I agree. Like, maybe, or you're allergic to cherries. Maybe. Okay, fine. <laughs> maybe. Okay, that's true too. That, that's fine. But. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so like, good. Yeah. Got, this is like you got to taste it to believe it. Yep, I, think. I know. I'm sure you're all like, I don't know. I don't know about these two and their vermouth and cherry wines, but I probably <laughs> we promise you we do know yes. what we're doing. We do. Yes. On that note, may I ask, though, say someone does not want a sweet thing, but in this realm of not typical wines on the mm-hmm. bitterer side of things. <clears throat> does it need to be wine? No. To answer your question? No. I would say that I had somebody bring a bottle of Amaro to my Thanksgiving. And while not everybody at the table liked it, it was, for those of us who did like it, such a fun treat. You know, it's a little, it's definitely bitter and herbaceous and it helps your tummy. (laughs) It's a digestive, you know, helper. So I think Amaro's are really cool. We started carrying a bitter, like that's the category of liqueur that it falls into, just a bitter, like that's what Fernet and stuff would fall into. It's called Chiot bitters and it tastes like mint on a mountainside. It's like cool, cool mountain air and mint. So I definitely think that there's that whole world to explore. Like the herbal liqueur world, I think is really cool. 
it is cool and it's aspirational it's a world i want to yeah know and learn more about and it's there it's there it's there for us we could do that maybe maybe that's our upcoming season andy oh oh yeah that would be that would be interesting I don't know. Tell Are we taking our wine podcast and turning it into a booze podcast? <laughs> so maybe. I don't know. That would be. Right. I don't know how much I have to say about vodka. Table like, wine mm. after dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. We each take shots like every two oh, minutes. And I would be workouts. super eloquent. Yep. We should do that. Would be a mm-hmm. okay. That's a theme. Okay. Who All can right. Get great. drunker during a podcast. All right. I'm done. <laughs> On that note, it is time to decant. Let our subject breathe a little bit, Andy. Yes, what what is our subject today? Well, you know, it is the holiday season. And And every time you say that, I I want to say the holiday season. It's just like you can't not think of a song. I know. Well. It's a magical time of year. It's that magical time of year, Andy. I feel like I'm going to devote more time to the person I'm going to mention here. I need to, I don't know. We need to like devote more time to her, but, but. For this holiday season, I will say that I have been obsessed with the writer Priya Parker for a couple of years now, and she wrote a book called The Art of Gathering that I read in very early 2020, and do you remember, did we talk about this? I remember that, yeah. I remember when you first read it, at least. And I feel like I've mentioned on the podcast before, so forgive me, everybody, if you've heard this, but I read it in 2020, the beginning of 2020, and it's all about how to gather people together mindfully, and I was like, my goal for 2020 is to, like, get people together, and I was going to, like, start hosting (laughs) salons and, like, dinner parties. Andy was going to be my perennial guest. What happened to that? Like, what? I know what happened. What happened? I'm I'm remembering how exciting that seemed. Like, it was happening. Like, it was starting. Right? Yeah. And then Yeah, I was like, oh, we're going to put these cool, interesting people together, and we're going to have great conversations, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then the COVID happened, and here we are, almost three years later. And, um, I I mean, I think we could maybe start start this in 2023, perhaps. Yeah. Anyway, I bring up Priya Parker, because I was listening to a podcast she was on recently, and it was all about how to have a non-traditional holiday season and to kind of live the holidays the way that you want them to. And without belaboring the point, I will say that my Thanksgiving didn't feel the way that I it usually feels and it did not feel as good in my heart afterwards as I wanted it to. And so I've been really kind of reflecting on how to make Christmas and New Year's and just this general season feel good and, you know, carrying Mm -hmm. that forward. So one of the things she was talking about was this idea of ritual and not really focusing on like the doing it the exact same way every day part of ritual, but about the idea of ritual being this like transition from one state to the other. So like you have your morning cup of coffee and that takes you from your morning self to your daytime self. And it kind of like tells you it's daytime now, like by doing Mm -hmm. it. And so I've been kind of thinking about that in the holidays. And so I was curious to hear from it, you know, all of you out there as well, like holiday rituals, kind of like what shifts your mind into like, ah, it's the holiday season or, you know, it's time mm-hmm. to, I don't know. Yeah, what what, what I mean, works for you, Andy? Now that you're saying this the way you said it, I have to like admit that the big Christmas tree in the house is yeah. a big deal. And something that I, a real tree, the smell of the tree, all of it, like the going and getting of the tree, looking at all of them in a parking lot somewhere. Yeah. Like, just like, oh, is this one big enough? Is this too big? That whole process is near and dear and possibly the best ritual in my mind because it really it's it's such and the tree itself has like a time limit where it's like it brings you into this new season that you know 
has an expiration on yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I will say this year, <laughs> this like speaks to the emotions I've been going through. But we, my partner and I were discussing where we'd put a tree and how we'd fit it in the house. Because right now, there's not much room. Mm. And we have a lot of plants. And so a plant would have to go and oh. <laughs> cause some issues. Or like... Oh, no. I was like, I was like, this seems ridiculous to get rid of a plant to bring another plant in the house, essentially that was gonna die soon. Is there any? W- but the, is there but any the way that, that not- plant could like live yes. temporarily? Yes, okay. we're gonna figure it out. Okay. Where it could live somewhere else, at okay. least temporarily, if not permanently. But it won't. We're not gonna, just gonna kill it. Okay. But the Good. notion of not having a big Christmas tree brought me to tears. I was like, I can't do this season without it. I need it, and just like. Late at night when it's, I mean, it's so dark most of the days now, right? But like a lit up tree is, it just brings me so much joy. I love it. Yeah, I totally agree. We're getting our tree tomorrow and we were thinking about postponing it for a few more days because of the Christmas Carol stuff that I mentioned at the beginning. We have like no time, the three of us to go. Somebody said to us, why don't you just go get it without Pippa? And we were like, oh, you don't understand how our family works. Like, I'm like, I understand that some parents might do that, but that's just not how the three of us are. So yeah. (laughs) It's yes. Yeah. Ooh, I love time. it. Yeah. I love that answer. So that's the re- like the most significant ritual. Yeah. But then there's just the, ho- the the holiday music. I'm a sucker for the holiday music. Again, an expiration date on when it's appropriate. <laughs> What's <laughs> so your song? What's your like? Yeah. Oh my God. I don't even know. I'm into so many of them. Okay. Most of them. I'm pleased by all of it. Usually. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? Do you have a song? I am also pleased by so much of it. I would say like Ella Fitzgerald's Swingin' Christmas is like oh. a fave album, but I really am pretty equal opportunity. I love there's, it all. I will say my there's so much out there. Like yeah. I rely on the radio or historically it was like the radio, oh. you know, and then you realize everyone and their mother has made a Christmas album. And so if you want, there's just limitless. Yeah amounts of music to explore of yeah. all these yeah every famous artist essentially has an album for yeah. the year it's so, so true i'm excited to explore more this year yeah i think pippa's song of course is all i want for christmas is you <laughs> and that's like how we like know the holidays have started but what's funny about that is i was telling her this morning like i remember when that album came out and everyone was like what is mariah carey doing does she think she can write like a new christmas carol like there were diehard what? fans right there were diehard fans right away but like a lot of us like I didn't like pop music then right I was yeah. way too cool for school and yeah. I was like what is this crap and you know never thought that it would be around and here it is like on in my car on the way to school every morning I know all the words like I sing oh along God. with complete abandon you know all of it so um, yeah, is there a limit you have to put on that? Like how many times it can play a day before? Luckily, she likes a lot of it. So it's not okay. just it's not just on repeat. There was a year where it was on repeat. We had to like shut that shit down. But <laughs> I could imagine. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about my answer to the ritual thing. And there's a lot that I think that like, I don't know, cues me into like the beginning of the holiday season. But for us, I think the the thing that we love the most is our New Year's Eve ritual, which is eating chocolate and reading books in bed till we fall asleep. Um, yeah. It's based on this Icelandic tradition called the Yola Bokoflod, which is... Uh, the Yola- <laughs> I did not know that. Really? Okay, so it, it, it was in the New York Times this morning. The Yola Bokoflod <laughs> is like, it's the Yuletime book flood. And apparently in Iceland, you like, the most common gift is just to give each other books. And so you kind of like get flooded with books. Oh, okay. And, that, and on Christmas Eve in Iceland, you eat chocolate 
and you read books and like that's what you do for the holiday and by dint of owning the wine store connor and i were like there's just not a world in which that can be our christmas eve like we're going to be working mm-hmm. it's just not that's not in the cards to like hole up like that but it can be in the cards for our new year's eve and after all these years in restaurants i'm not interested in going out so that's our ritual to kind of like signal I don't necessarily mean to say like an end to the holiday season, but like the new year is coming and like that part of the holidays. Yeah. That's my thing. Oh, that's a great, what is a good end of the season ritual? I I need one. I should do that. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, in my youth, (laughs) it was a hangover that (laughs) lasted forever, you know? And then we'd like have to take down the tree at some point and it would be dead and the needles would be all over the apartment and whatever. And it was just kind of like meh. And this, this at least kind of feels like more of like, I don't know, a little bit more of a gentle closure to it. Yes, because it really is like, especially once January 1 hits, you're like, oh, I guess the time, it's it's the new year. We're done with the magic of the holidays. Yeah, right. It's over now. Like you were saying the expiration just, date, which I do appreciate, but it's kind of like expiration, like no more joy. Yeah. And it, and now I need to think. I need to think of a good. That's that'll be my resolution. Is coming up with a good ritual to okay. celebrate the right. end of the season. Okay, I like in the that. middle of winter. <laughs> I like that. I think. That's, we'll see. So I'm curious. I'd be interested in hearing what other people's rituals are throughout the well, holidays. This has made me think of last year, since we live same side of town, the labyrinth where people yes. donated their trees and they made a labyrinth out of that. And that did feel like it was like a bookend. I'm like, look at all of these trees are being used for a new purpose that extended into like the end of January. And that's kind of nice. It created just like a little whimsy yeah. for January. And we could use some whimsy in January. Yeah. And they used to do that out on the ice on Lake Monona. And oh. then last year, I'm not exactly sure what the circumstances were, why they did it on land last year, but it was kind of nice because in years past, we hadn't skated all the way out. Yeah, I agree with you. I like that kind of thing. Now, time for our nightcap. With the year ending, let's look back, Molly, and reflect and think about what is something that you're proud of or that you've never done before that this year marked a new first? Well... I think the obvious answer is that I bought a building for <laughs> table wine. <laughs> I spent more money than I've ever spent before. <laughs> yes. I learned how to take down walls. Uh, you know, I used a sledgehammer for the first time and kind of all the parts that have gone along with that. I do feel super proud. I'm definitely in a place right now with the purchase of the building. It's a little scary, like just the financial side of this. Let's just say the finances aren't what they were in March because <laughs> because the Federal Reserve decided they weren't. So thanks for that, guys. But but I, I don't want to cast too dark a shadow on it. Like, it's not what we thought it was going to be. It's going to be a little bit more challenging than we expected. But I think in the long run, it will be great. And I feel like to, the new building feels very much like home in a way that the old building just never was oh. going to feel. So, yeah. yeah, it is so warm and lovely inside there. And it does feel like a special, could be in like, you've got mail or another. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Like, oh, that's so like the ultimate compliment. <laughs> I, oh it has that though. Oh, I it's love so that. Sweet. Yeah, I think it's been really interesting for people. I mean, most most people who shop at Table Wine have not been to my house. And so I think that a lot of them kind of assumed that the old Table Wine aesthetic was like my aesthetic, you know? 
that like I mm-hmm. was like an industrial kind of person or that like <laughs> I, I, I liked 20 foot ceilings, 30 foot ceilings. And now in the new space, people are like, oh my God, it's so cozy. And I'm like, yeah, that's like my, that's like the Moran family word. <laughs> it's like cozy. So yeah, I'm glad that it kind of reflects me a little bit more. It feels a little bit more like, you know, an out, yeah. I don't know, a showing of who I am. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So good. So yeah. What about good. you? What What are you looking back at 2022 feeling good about? The The obvious answer I realized is something that I just had done on Saturday because I'm taking woodworking. <gasps> I want to learn how to make things with wood. Cool. And so I spent all day Saturday on a buzzsaw. <gasps> making like precision cuts to these, you know, essentially sticks of wood I had made, but then like actually making them fit like two pieces of wood that you've cut precisely. And then they like join together. Yeah. It's incredible. It's so satisfying. Just taking like a raw piece of lumber and like smoothing it out is the most therapeutic thing too. So it's been an incredible. That's so cool. Where are you doing that? Uh, on campus at the, through the university because I'm a student. So I just signed up in the art department and oh, cool. the instructor is amazing. The people have all been incredible. But now I'm the goal is that I'll have a chair done by Thursday. A but chair really is not an easy thing. Yeah, it's it'll be a weird looking. It'll have we'll, I'll show I'll send you pictures. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, it's not an easy thing. And that's the exciting part. It's like, wow, I'm actually doing things that like make me capable of doing a lot of things in wood. And there's like the maker space on the east side. So I want to try and get involved there maybe and just like make sanding and cutting wood more part of my life. I have so many wood working projects for you at Tablewine. (laughs) Should you you choose your adventure, sir? I've got lots to do. That's yes, exactly. Like who doesn't want wood furniture and things? So right. I'm oh, Andy, that's so continue. cool. I'm so proud of you. That's you. such Thank a neat you. thing. That's great. I encourage everyone to learn something new. I also tried learning sewing this year, a little less successfully, but still on that journey. But trying, like, learning a new craft or thing. Your mom, it's so fun to be like, wow. Like I haven't like measured and just like used rulers in so long, and I'm like, oh. Who, who knew? These skills are still <laughs> in there. I still yep. know how to do math. Yep. It's great. I highly recommend to most That's people. That's so cool. I love that so much. Yeah. Let's all learn new skills in 2023. We'll yes. Co- we'll come back next year and we'll talk about what we've learned. Sounds great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. New podcast. Right? Okay. We're going to have one more episode before the end of the year. It is a yes. very special episode. We've been talking yeah. about it for months and months and it's going to be quite the deal. So look for that. I think... Maybe New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, sometime. Yeah, that then. sounds nice. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> that'll be our ritual, sometime in that general area. Amazing. All right, Andy. Chin chin, my friend. Chin chin. Cling. <laughs> the Table Wine Podcast is brought to you by me, Andy Stoiber, and Molly Moran. Special thanks to Craig Ely for his production consultation. If you're enjoying what we're doing here and want to support us, you can do so at tablewinemadison.com slash podcast. And as always, please review, rate, like, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. Hope you tune in again soon.